listening to Unshaken, a podcast of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church, and I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host. I'm glad you're joining me again today. This is our final episode on the Faith Over Fear series that we've been sharing with you. You know, I have been so encouraged and challenged by these talks. It's funny, I heard them live three years ago, and I was really impacted by the things that Cheryl shared from God's Word about how to deal with fear. Here I am, three years later, it's 2020, and I'm just as impacted listening to them again. Actually, the things Cheryl shared from God's Word are timeless, and there's principles in there that we can live every day to know how to deal with our fears. So let's jump into the last portion of this Faith Over Fear talk by Cheryl Bailey. And habits die hard. For you who have lived in fear and worry and anxiety for years, the light will seem cruel and unkind. You are going to want to reject it. You're going to want to roll up in a ball, tuck your head inside, get all prickly, and stay away from the light. The habits of fear and worry have become your personality, but they're not who God created you to be. You know, our mask of what-ifs searches the internet for all the reasons why we have these symptoms. They make me d- live dwelling, dwell with the thought that, that all these bad things are going to happen tomorrow. But the light of Jesus exposing our worry says, I care for the lilies of the field. How much more will I care for you? My mask of mom guilt says that if I don't do for my kids everything they desire, if I am not running them around like their friend's mom, that I am going to ruin them. But the light of Jesus exposing this worry reminds me that my life and the life of my children were created by God and for his glory. Our mask of rejection says that who God made me is not good enough, that I am always on the brink of somebody turning away from me. But the light of Jesus exposing my worry reminds me that I am the apple of God's eye, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The truth is we cannot live in the light and dwell in darkness at the same time. We must be allowing the light of God to drive out darkness and expose our fears. We cannot continue to cover them up and embrace them as a friend. You know, prior to turning 50, I would fall asleep the minute my head hit the pillow. If I wanted to stay awake, I would lay on my back, but flip over, I'd be asleep. Now, it doesn't matter how many times I flip over, I'm still awake. I'm sure maybe some of you have hit menopause can relate to this. Laying there on my back, or laying there in bed with only my thoughts, sometimes for hours and hours, it's horrible. I hate it. Not because I'm tired the next day, but because in the the darkness of my room, Satan has my mind as an open playing field. He brings to mind the offensive word that someone says that day. He reminds me that, you know, that person's really not your friend. He brings up all the what-ifs that might be happening. He reminds me of sin in my life. Well, you'll never conquer that. And there, as I lay in the dark, my mind and my heart filling with fear, I even begin to doubt God's love for me. 
In the darkness of my room, Satan is seeking to fill me with fear, anxiety, and doubt. And if I lay there and allow the darkness to cover me, it is only going to lead me into greater sin. So what do I do? I expose the light to my sin and I take action. I immediately confess my sin to God. Because fear is the opposite of faith and anything that doesn't come from faith is sin. The longer I allow my mind and my heart to dwell on fears, or any sin for that matter, the more a part of me those fears become. It's like when I'm walking on my path. If, if I start veering off my path and getting out here in the darkness, even for 30 or 40 seconds, that is, is 30 or 40 seconds that I have to bring myself back to. It's hard, but we, remember I said that those steps, each step was important? It's keeping us on this path. I must confess the moment I recognize fear in my life. The moment. I'm not talking about 20 seconds from after I, the second I recognize fear. I must confess it as sin. And then I get up. I go downstairs and I turn on physical light. I read my Bible. I pray. I repeat scripture that I've memorized to myself. Sometimes I just start cleaning. You know, I got a a list of things to do the next day. I can get a lot of them done in the middle of the night, but do it quietly because it's not nearly as effective if you have three or four kids up with you. Now, this is not a one-time and done thing. Maybe God would bless somebody and just totally remove fear from their life in one instance, but for most of us, this is going to be an ongoing battle. We, we, we are fearful. We confess our, our sin to God as fear. Another fear hits us. We immediately confess it again over and over and over. We do not allow our mind to dwell on fear even for a millisecond. We dwell on who God is and his power, that he is in control of our circumstances, and he is at work in them. You know, this is true if our fears are small, like spiders or clowns. It's true if they're larger, like illness. It's true if they're ginormous, like um, terrorists. Confession exposes our fears to the light of Jesus. But you know, there's another step that is very important and that God has given to you as a means of giving you support and encouragement. Fear makes me desire man's approval. And so we mask our struggles from those women around us. We must expose our fear to a godly woman. This is a woman who understands who God is. It's not a woman that's going to say to you, oh, it's okay, sweetie. God made us all to fear. It's all right. No, you must have a godly woman in your life who's going to help you. You tell her, I'm fearful. I need you to pray with me and for me. I need you to help me walk this path. If you don't have someone in your life like this, please come up and talk to me afterwards. We as a body of women here at Christ's Word want to be a help to you women. So please come up and talk to me. Or there's, there's women in the prayer room that you could go to afterwards. But let's be women that allow the light of Jesus to expose our fears and root them out. We do not want to let anxiety and fear dwell in our life. We're on a path to heaven. 
When you're tempted to put the mask of fear on, immediately confess your sin to God and ask him to remove these fears that want to get its grip back on you. So our first point, light exposes, darkness covers. Two, light guides, darkness blinds. Now my middle son Ben came home from school when he was seven with a bloody swollen lip. No, he doesn't take after his mother in engaging in fistfights. But when he opened his mouth, I saw he was missing two teeth. Ben, what happened? Well, I wondered what it would be like to run with my eyes closed. So in gym class, I closed my eyes and I ran. I just didn't realize that the cement wall was so close. (sighs) Ben, what were you thinking? And now he looked at me like I had completely lost my marbles. And he said, ow. You know, this was a costly experiment. Yet, how often our fears keep us blind to the truth. We allow the what-ifs that you realize rarely come true to blind our vision. And this is a much more costly experiment. We must live in reality. We might have a real diagnosis. Our child might die. Our job might be terminated. Our closest friend might decide she doesn't want anything to do with you. But living in fear instead of trusting that God is behind these events is never the path of God. They are the destructive, deceptive paths of darkness. When fear sees you, all of our ability to think rationally evaporates and life becomes overwhelming, overwhelming and we throw the promises of God out the window. Is the light your guide? Or are you allowing the darkness of fear and worry to blind you from the truth? Jesus illuminates our path. And when we walk on this path, we're not going to run into cement walls. We're not going to knock our teeth out. We aren't going to stumble and fall. Now, I am not saying that hard things aren't going to come into your life. They will come. That is one of the means that God is using to make us holy. Psalm 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We fight fear by giving over our control and we follow the guide, the word of God. Now, I went to a Christian high school, and we got extra credit points if we read the Bible every day and jotted down a sentence about what we read. That was a good assignment because their, their goal was to create good habits of daily Bible reading. Did I do this? Yep, every day. Sadly, it was not because my heart desired to glean from God's word or I didn't have a love for the word. It was just a means of my being able to take tests and not study as much. Quite a few years will pass in my life before I begin to really see the word of God as the guide of my life. You know, if I ask you to raise your hand if you read the Bible, I would imagine that most people in this room would raise their hand. But this question means very different things to different people. To some of you, reading the Bible means I have a little devotional booklet at home and I read the story and it's got a little scripture tagged on at the end. 
For others of you, you maybe have key passages marked in your Bible or bookmarked. And when you're in the midst of crisis or you need some encouragement, you'll open your Bible to that, those, those places. For others of you, you might say, oh, you don't know how much I want to read my Bible. I really want to, but you don't know how busy I am. I just can't do it. For some of you, it's a duty. Yep, I read my Bible every day. Check, check. And for some of you, reading the Bible is like finding hidden treasure. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I get ready and I come downstairs, and by the time I'm hitting the bottom step, my stomach is beginning to rumble. And this happens multiple times throughout the day. I work hard to not go throughout my day without eating, including my bowl of ice cream at night. Actually, it's a cone. Somebody asked me if I had a big bowl of ice cream, really, and I said, well, it's a cone. But Jesus says in Scripture that man should not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The Bible is food for our soul. So why are you starving yourselves spiritually? Why do you get up and have a crumb in the morning and think that that's sufficient? If you want to be a woman of faith, you must be a disciple of Jesus. You must know him. And that means waking up with Jesus, going to bed with Jesus, having Jesus for lunch, over for lunch. We must be in the Word. The Word is what acts as our guide. It tells you truth. It is how you can speak the truth of who God is to yourself when fear hits. Now, I know this is not some wow moment for many of you, but do we do it? Reading the Bible gets pushed back to the back of our day. Day in and day out, it doesn't take priority. You know, I would even say that fear keeps us from the word because light and darkness cannot dwell together. Now, I'm not giving you three easy steps to make fear and worry disappear. Fighting these sins tied to fear will be a regular battle. For some of you, a daily or even a minute battle. But reading the word guides my mind and my heart so that I can speak truth when Satan seeks to blind me with his darkness of fear. Now, my Bible reading plan has me reading in 10 different places every day. So I have these little bookmarks, and I try really hard to not have my grandkids pull them all out because it's really a pain when they do that. But some books I read every month. Other books I read every other month. Some books I read um, maybe only once or twice a year. Sometimes I, I will stagger it and read in the morning and some in the afternoon. Sometimes I read all of it in the morning and I try to listen on my phone to scripture later in the day. Um, there are a variety of plans out there, hundreds actually. Um, I also try to jot down a sentence or so on different chapters that I read to help put those nuggets of truth in my mind to help me to remember them throughout the day. Because you, you realize we get up in the morning and maybe we read our Bible, but the day goes along and those fears come in. Satan whispers things to our mind. He says, oh, you know, you, you can't do that. Those sins are going to plague you forever. Oh, this is going to happen. He constantly, we need scripture tucked away in our head so that we can speak truth to ourselves all day long. And I don't really care what plan you use. 
but we need some systematic way of reading through scripture so that we actually read from cover to cover. And at the end, yeah, have a party. Hey, I read through the whole Bible, but don't stop. Go back and start over again. Read through it again and again and again. The word should become a treasure to you. And every time you read it, you realize it's living. The Bible says that, that, that the words are living and active. And so each time you read the passage, it's going to bring new thoughts to you. It's going to teach you new things. It's going to give you a greater understanding of who God is. If you find yourself living in fear, I want you to ask yourself what kind of habits you have gotten into regarding your Bible reading. The word must be saturating our mind and our heart with truth. It tells us truth, and it gives light to our path. <clears throat> and you know what? As you read the Bible, as you tuck those scriptures away in your mind, you will grow to love God's word more and more. Ultimately, because you will recognize that God's word is changing you. That you'll be able to see, whoa, a year ago, I was struggling with this fear. I haven't even thought of that. Now, there might be new fears that have come up, but you know what? You're going to see God changing your heart. You know, so many women don't fight fears, and they live year after year and become more and more fearful as they age. They have not fought them throughout their life, and each fear has been kind of tucked away and another one tucked away, and now death becomes the final fearful obstacle. Scripture tells us that God has numbered our days. And everyone, if Jesus doesn't return, will one day face death. Every woman here will go either to eternity with God in heaven or eternal separation from God in hell. You know, there's no middle, middle ground. We must live our life depending on God by reading the word. It is through this vibrant, exciting relationship with God that the light is flowing onto you and then shining out of you, growing brighter and brighter until the day God calls you to heaven. So our first point, light exposes, darkness covers. Light guides, darkness blinds, and light perverts. Light purifies, sorry, darkness perverts. Remember those cockroaches? They have a, a disgusting reputation. Can you imagine what 300,000 roaches would do in your home? You turn off the lights and they would be everywhere, running through your cupboards, through your food, under your bed, in your sheets, across your ceiling, maybe even dropping down into your mouth as you snore. <clears throat> You know, cockroaches are survivalists. They're going to eat everything, and they, do, they work hard to keep living. And a home infested with cockroaches will quickly become a home that's uninhabitable. And fear can be just as destructive. Like a cockroach, they're also survivalists. Yet, they don't seem to have that disgusting reputation. Sometimes we just accept them. And as a Christian, we know fear is sin, so we work to make it more appealing. Remember, we put that mask on, and sometimes our mask slips away, and we tell a friend that we're fearful, and we ask her to pray. But time passes, and we slowly slip the mask back on, because we have lived in fear, worry, and anxiety for so long that we're comfortable living in this hidden darkness. 
Our fears have consumed our hearts, our soul, our mind, and our strength. The very thing that God has called us to love him with. You know, I told you that I grew up in a home where fears and worries surrounded me. And I had chosen not to be fearful. But you know, that decision was merely an act of my will. I was in control, and therefore I would not fear. I learned to live depending on myself. But you know, there was one area in life that I couldn't control. I tried, but I failed miserably. What was I afraid of? I was afraid of marriage after my kids grew up. You see, my husband and I had developed some unhealthy habits in our marriage. These had led to a lot of fights and conflict. Each fight led me into greater fear. What would life be like once the buffer of my children were gone? These types of thoughts often consume my mind. You know, I tried to control them, but I couldn't. For 20 years, I lived in this hidden fear. I never spoke, to it, I never spoke about it with anyone. I grew up going to church. I graduated from a Christian high school. I went to Bible college. I have been a pastor's wife for almost 30 years. Yet I had come to realize that I was powerless to bring change. And though in theory I believed that God was powerful, I doubted whether or not he would change my circumstances in my life. And so I lived in fear. A little over a decade ago, I began taking the Bible much more seriously, reading it, studying it, and God began to show me the sin of depending upon myself. My sin in needing to control every situation. God began to shine his light into all those hidden places within my heart that I had thought I had kept sealed off. But you know, we may think that we can seal off those places, that we can wear the mask and others don't see, but God sees. When we keep our fears hidden, darkness perverts them. They get all twisted, and they get multiplied, they get changed and enlarged. Our fears pervert the truth, and faith is nowhere, anywhere around anymore. The light of Jesus calls us to holiness. You know, God began to show me the sin that had been hidden in my heart. And in my confessing them and seeking the Holy Spirit to help me fight this sin, God was doing a work. God was also working in my husband. We began to confess our sin more to God and to one another. And we began to pray every day. And I mean every day. We missed three days in a year. God was forcing me to let go of my control and to rest in him. And to also rest in David. You know, this summer, David and I are going to Turkey. Um, it's our 30th wedding anniversary. And we're going to Turkey for a month to follow part of Paul's missionary journeys. If somebody would have said to me even five or six years ago that I would be gone for a month alone with David and be looking forward to it, I wouldn't have believed him. Sometimes our fears are large and we don't see how God will ever work. We must tell our fears that they are perverted and that they are opposed to the truth. But the reality is we cannot fight fear without the work of God giving us holiness and freedom from sin. We must live believing that God's got this. 
You know, when you came to know the power of God in your life, when you recognized your sinfulness and your need for Jesus to stand before God in your place, at that moment of salvation, God called you out of darkness and into his light. Fear makes us want to return to the old path, to live in the darkness of the old life. First John said, God is light and in him there is no darkness. John continues to say, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Jesus, the true light, purifies the life of the faith-filled woman. God is calling everyone in this room to walk allowing the light of his son to expose our fears, but not just to expose them, to actually destroy them. To allow the light to fill every crevice of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength so that in his strength we can be victorious. These masks that I have worn must be exposed to the light of Jesus. I cannot rid myself of the fears that live in darkness. My, my light went out. Only the light of Jesus can destroy them. Boy, that is just fantastic to listen to. It is so good to listen to these talks and think and have a plan for what to do when fear strikes. Because guess what? It is going to hit us. Like I said at the beginning of the episode today, I had different fears three years ago, but here I am three years later. My fears look different, but I still have the principles that Cheryl shared today of how to deal with them. I personally know Cheryl and I know that she lives what she says. She pointed us today to Christ in our fears and encouraged us to expose our fears to the light of God's word. So now I ask you, what are you gonna do when fear strikes. Maybe a really good thing to do is to grab a couple of index cards and write out some of those verses that you wanna grab and remember when fear strikes because we know it's gonna come. And then join us next week as we chit chat with a young lady who shares with us her personal struggle with fear and anxiety and how she has learned already in her young years to deal with it using God's word and prayer. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.